symptoms aren't as prominent as women. And then folks just don't focus on men as much as they do women, as much as, you know, quote unquote, the saying is it's a man's world. It's showing out that it used to be, and it's just really not. And that's unfortunate because it should be a humanistic world, right? Where we focus on the needs of people in general, especially when it comes to mental health. But uh, men's mental health is focused on the least. Black men's and minority men's, I should say, my minority men's mental health is really focused on the least. And that leaves men to dying eight to 10 years you know, earlier than women. It leaves men to be um, ones who actually commit suicide more than women do. Women attempt it more. Men tend to follow through and complete it a lot more than, than women do. And, you know, that's sad. And it does need to have awareness brought about. And I know I, like my previous session, I was just in, which happens to be a male, uh, one of my male clients. Uh, and I'm always proud and happy when I get male clients because I'm like, yes, this is an opportunity for them to open up, for me to facilitate, for me to give tools, for me to listen. Um, but he mentioned that in his experience of people, but majority women for him, that he he says that they are conversational narcissists. And uh, meaning that, you know, he spends 99% of the time being a good listener while the woman rants on and she speaks about how she feels and what's going on and her issues. And he never gets opportunity to express his view his perception or what his feelings are toward that, or even possibly what he's going through throughout that day or that week. And for him, he says that causes him to disengage. Uh, he doesn't feel connected. He doesn't feel heard in that space. And so when I asked, hey, you know, how many women do this, including your mother? He said just about all, except one female best friend he has that he's designated obviously as his best friend who he can talk to openly. And for him, that leaves him feeling what alone. So a lot of his issues are suppressed. And when we're in session, that is a space for me to learn what he needs as a man, right? Not as just my client, but as a human, as a man, as a person. And for me to learn what helps him pull out and engage his issues and his concerns. And I find that that shouldn't be something that just I myself as a psychology expert and life coach does. I think that we should be doing it as mothers, as friends, as girlfriends, as, as wives, as colleagues, as constituents with our male, um, you know, counterpartners. I think that it will make for a better man as an individual. And, you know, whenever we can make for a better you as a person, then we get a better you in the world in general. And so everybody benefits from that. I just think that's important. And it's a big deal to me because, you know, I have brothers and I have a father that I'm very close to and I'm always checking in with them even before you know being in my field of how do you feel about that daddy how do you feel today to my brother or hey you know how are you feeling what do you have going on let's go to lunch I want to talk about all about you and how you're feeling and I noticed Vaughn it's so interesting I noticed that my father because he's in his 50s he's a lot more comfortable with it and we're so close uh but there are some things that I will say, daddy, how did you feel about that? And he'll say, well, you know me, baby, I keep those things to myself, right? I don't express those type of things. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, even as a 15 year seasoned psychology expert and life coach in those moments, I'm going, okay, how do I navigate this with my father so that he feels supported? He doesn't feel judged for not wanting to express himself because that's been his norm for 60 years. And how do I make this a safe space for him to feel like, okay, you don't have to express it, but it's healthier if you do. Right. And so I find on the receiving end of women are folks who are trying to support men, because there's also men who try to support men in, in their space that trying to find the balance of, you know, how do I support Vaughn and saying, I'm not judging you for not being able to articulate how you feel. And I'm not judging you for maybe your lack of emotional intelligence because you haven't had the opportunity to have to do that or to even do it 
I'm not judging you, but I also want you to know, hey, Vaughn, it's healthier if you express that. It's healthy if you allow me to support you in that. So those are the tools that I like to give folks on. How do you do that? How do you support men in being more in tune with you know, how they feel? In this new cultural trend, they're starting to call it being more in tune with their feminine energy versus their masculine energy. And I think it's just a balance of saying what is healthy and what works and what helps you unload. And another thing that I find that a lot of my male clients say is, uh, oftentimes I want to be heard. I'm not really talking to you for you to give me a solution. You know, at that time, I want to be heard. I want to be validated in, in what I feel. And I don't need to be told what to do and always directed um, in my feelings and what I'm experiencing being negated at the expense of your ego or you want to just help me. What do you feel about, um, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way and I can, I concur with that. And I actually have therapists now since I seen, since I spoke to you last I needed it. I needed it because basically, you know, as African-Americans, especially the men, we're given way too many, way too much responsibility. It's too much energy, too much. It's so heavy on our souls. We have to be this way, that way. We can't dress like this. We can't wear this color. It's just too much. And then we, there's so many social pressures and the social construct is so difficult to achieve. It's almost like you feel like, eh, you know, you feel you, feel, you almost feel like an underachiever in this world. And I feel like you're right. I feel like right now my cup is empty. And I know that one of my friends, you know, people I've dated, partners, whatever, they always try to give me, you know, ask, tell me how their day went. went. But it's like, sometimes some people, they, they, it's like a um a broken record. It keeps going on. And right now, you know, we just get the pandemic. Everything opened up. Um, I haven't spoken to you in like, I don't know when, a year and a half, flew by, two years. But it felt like yesterday. But at the same time, it's like, why do we have, why are men still put down from being able to express themselves? Why can't we be vulnerable? I actually been, have been crying more in front of everybody than anything. And I don't care about who, you know, I've just seen some really terrible things happen in the pandemic. And I've seen a lot of people who are who have been influential, particularly African-Americans who have been celebrated properly. And it's just very sad the way we're um, brainwashed and we have been, you just know, you already know the way that we've been dominated as a group of people, a group of marginalized people in society. It's just sad. We don't, we, I still feel like we don't help each other. We don't listen to each other. So the best advice I can get is somebody right now, my cup is so empty. I'm sure you can hear my throw it's like you know Absolutely. it's empty you know i'm dealing with a son his mom she's doing all this you know he just turned 13 i don't need to go through anything else like my, i lost both my parents in the last three to five years so i feel like an orphan and i have i don't have anybody to express this to but what i did notice is i don't like talking to my family anymore and the reason why is because we all are going through something. So I think it's very imperative that we do reach out and try to find a therapist. There's so many apps. There's so many programs. There's on the phone, there's telehealth. It's like, I think it's just a shooing, a cop-out that we don't get it. And I tell my friends all the time, I said, the first step is you don't like when I interrupt you. So at least go get you a therapist. Go get someone who can listen to you unapologetically. You can be yourself. I just, I don't have, I don't have, a, you know, I think part of it too is we have to be honest with each other. If you don't have the energy to do it anymore or to listen to somebody and just to sit there when you have a, you're going through your own set of things, then it's not fair to you nor them because you're not really listening. You're just acting like you're listening. So it's just, this is sad. So for me, I told my friends and my coworkers and colleagues to get a therapist, to invest in yourself, invest in yourself and watch you, you know, 
invest in yourself because basically what's happening is a lot of us are going through so much. We just don't have enough. I don't have enough to give anymore. I honestly mm-hmm. don't. I don't. And I'm okay with that. And I've been crying and being, you That's know, okay. and that That's, what. Fairness. That's what folks need to start to being okay with admitting. Listen, right now, all that I have, guess what I need for myself. And that is okay. That is, that's where folks have to stop stretching themselves so thin. And I was one of them where I had to learn years ago to say, hold on. And it, it, it came after I went to a therapy and had a really great therapist, but I but had to teach me like, well, hey, you know, if, if what you have, you need, you got to keep your, your little 10%. You got to keep your 10%. And that is healthy. That Vaughn, that is so healthy to be able to say, listen, Vaughn, I got 13%, buddy. And I love you, but guess what? That 13%. It's all for me right now. It's all for me. And, you know, and, and it's not me being selfish. It's me a- activating my self-love because when I'm on E, the only person that can recharge me usually is me. So I got to keep this for me. And people in general, especially within our community, have to learn to say that. And we have to learn on the receiving end to have enough self-love and love for you to say, Vaughn, I respect that. You know what? I wouldn't want to take your last 13%. Go on and re-up, recharge. And I'm here if you need me to facilitate you, if I have it in me to support you in that way. I just wish our community also was more, would continue to be more open with the whole, like their, just their sexuality, their, um, just be more, I mean, we're the most creative people on the planet. We're the most celebrated people on the planet. We're also the most hated. You know, I recently went to Germany. I did a trip that I organized and as an African-American publisher in America that started out as an intern at Vibe 20 something years ago. And I went to Cornell for labor law and business. I've been on so many different tracks that I was able to, that I said to myself, you know, I'm going to take the, the path less taken in the paths that's chosen. And that's what I've done. But it's been, I mean, I could have took a lot of the paths and I know that I wouldn't have met the people that I've met today and I wouldn't have had the exposure nor had to be able to express myself freely, like doing art and building and painting. I'm doing a lot of things I've never, ever done because of the pandemic, I've opened my eyes. I'm riding EV. I, was, I used to be scared of motorcycles. No, I'm riding. I'm driving. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's crazy. And I'm fixing on stuff. I got my first drill since Woodshop. And I actually been using it, but I tell my friends, I'm like, you can't, we have to, we have to figure out the first rule, like you said, is admission. If you can't admit your strengths and your weaknesses, if you don't know what they are, then how do you work on yourself? How can you guide yourself with something? And then African-Americans, we also don't talk about the fact that, you know, I hear this with my white friends all the time. Their parents are always like, you know, when you turn 30, it's going to be hard. For Black people, I rarely hear about us having issues with the midlife crisis. What's that about? I tell all my friends, you're going to have a midlife crisis. You will want to jump. There were so many times I wanted to jump. I didn't feel like I was where I was supposed to be. I don't right. think anyone does. I think, you know, you win you win these awards. You hear Haley Berry say, I thought it would be different. And, you know, Monique said the same thing. We you know, it, it, life is about the journey, not the destination. And I tell people, try to find somebody that's outside of your circle that can't judge you either. I feel like a lot of people are constantly being judged. And like you said, I didn't ask you for your advice. But sometimes, I, for me, honestly... Dr. Um, Brian, it's just difficult. I can't do it anymore. I'm dealing with so many different personalities and I'm seeing Black excellence being attacked right now. And my brother's a police officer, my sister's a prosecutor, my grandfather was Joseph Lowry, he passed away. And I'm trying to lead by example, and I never told anybody that. And I'm trying to lead by example by just being being the best version of myself. Right. You know, and I don't try to get too aggressive because I've learned how to be assertive and not be aggressive when it comes to law enforcement. So you have to be very careful. And I've been using tactics my, te- my therapist has taught me, which is ask questions to them. Yeah. I had my security guard try to attack me 
and set me up and whoop my ass. And I'll just leave it at that. And I think it's very sad that I have to get my neck stepped on to get a lawyer. Excuse me. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I think that's terrible. I think it's terrible. But I was able to disengage and I was able to handle the situation. But what about the other African-American boy, a man that can't do that? And I have a lot of friends that have hot tempers. You know what I'm talking about. Those hot tempers get you knocked down. I just hope we can figure it out. I just really do. But I feel like a lot of Black excellence is being attacked right now. Yeah, I think that folks are so used to, uh, thrive, uh, you know, surviving and have learned to somewhat thrive in, in trauma that uh, within our community, we don't teach enough about how to get through the trauma. We're teaching our folks how to withstand the trauma. And trauma is not meant to be withstood. Trauma is meant to give you what you collect during it. And it's, it's meant for you to get through the trenches, take something with you to build muscle for you to be able to sustain thriving outside of that trauma. So you don't have to re-experience or relive that. And, and so like I try my best, my tools that I give to my clients are how are we going to process through this trauma? And then how do we help you sustain outside of it so that you're thriving and living a great quality of life? Because living in a, tra- a trauma-based world in an environment whether this dysfunction is what you stand on and toxicity is your norm, uh, that will dissipate you in ways that life is not meant to. And so I think we need to teach more of, okay, this is how you get through it, not this is how you stick in it. There's a big difference. And, and you, know, you know, a lot of times we are, for men, we're public, when you're publicly humiliated, it's the word. Oh, yeah. That's, to me, that's worse than somebody putting their hands on me. Oh, yeah. With my oh, publicly yeah. taunting you, you know, almost like a witch hunt. You know, they're, they're trying to stone you to death. And to me, I had to, I'm still dealing with a lot of that, but I'm so happy that I was able to cry it out and, and get over it. And I prayed on it and I've been working on myself, but I'm empty right now. I'm like, I'm doing internship programs. I'm training young people, you know, it's, and I'm doing trips and stuff. And I just, I'm trying to figure out, is there, well, it's like, why are we in court? So I tell, I tell African-American moms and my sons, we need to get out of court. So when a black, when an African-American man or brown man wants to see their children, let them see their kids. It's not about you anymore. It's about the child. And we need to stop talking about negatively about each other. Or the parents need to stop doing that in front of the child. It's hurt. It's causing the ripple effect. It's basically elongating the curse. So is there any words of encouragement or advice that you can offer us besides what you already mentioned that we can do? as a community to help heal because I feel like every time I turn on the, to the news, it's just another person is getting their next stepped on or shot. And you, you already know, I feel like we're going in a reversal now. I'm sure you you know what I'm saying. The LGBT community is being attacked, the transgender community. It's a lot going on. So what do you think we can do or what exercises can we do if we can't afford or we don't feel comfortable with getting therapy? You know, I think the most important thing is making sure that Yeah, the most important thing is to make sure that you have an outlet, whatever that outlet is. And the outlet usually is works best when you have it being another human being. Um, There's a lot of power in connectivity and how, you know, we support each other as humans. I, you know, isolation breeds depression, solitude, you know, brings a renewing and there are two different things. And so, you know, the number one thing is not to isolate whatsoever. Um, There is a thing called a positive distraction. So before you isolate, um, go into something that positively distracts you uh, because distraction is not a bad thing if you are doing it as a means to help yourself have balance. Uh, but isolation is worse than distraction. So always remember that a lot of therapists talk about distraction, distraction, distraction. Uh, yeah, but isolation is worse than distraction. So I'd rather have someone distract from what they're feeling because they can't handle it than isolate and they're stuck in it and with it. 
And the only person that they have there is them, their issues, their dysfunction, because it will consume you and your environment will change you before you change it. And so if you distract in a positive environment, at least you're in something that can change you for the positive. But if you isolate with your stuff, then guess what? Your stuff consumes you and it takes you in a deeper rabbit hole. And you oftentimes are too far deep to even, uh, you know, intervene to pull you out because that starts to become your norm. And so you want to do things and be involved with things that you want to create as your norm and distraction on a positive uh, space is a good norm. Isolation into your stuff is a horrible norm. That's hard. And sometimes oftentimes where people end up having the suicidal ideations and unfortunately you can't pull them back from that and darkness becomes all they know. Straight up, you do the work, it works. And there does come a a time where you do feel like, dang, I'm where I want to be and I'm just striving for more. And I'm saying that from experience because I've been where I'm like, hey, I'm not where I want to be. What's going on? Why is this not moving fast enough? Why are these doors closed? Why are these doors open? I don't want to walk through. And then I have come to arrive to a place where I'm like, I love it here and I love where I'm at and I love the decisions I've made. And I'm excited to continue to make good decisions. And God, I want more but I'm at a place that it's where I belong and I'm aligned with it. So that's, I don't want folks to think that that place doesn't exist. It really does. But that place oftentimes is not aesthetically outside of you. It will be something that internally is, it comes up and you go, I'm aligned, but I do want more, but I'm at a pace that, that feels connected, right. And that I deserve to be at as a result of all the the hard work I, I put into it. So I want you to know that place does exist. Don't be hopeless in that place. But that place is an internal space.